Alright, hello everybody, and it's Joe with Joe's Compendium, and uh, back with a new episode, and I have a new guest here with me today, and why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey there, uh, I'm Chris, uh, commonly referred to as Asshole Chris by my close friends. <laughs> Alright, so that's kind of true, but um, so I have Chris here with me today because we are going to be talking about something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it is regarding the junk food of the anime world at the moment in the terms of isekais now it's very interesting to talk about isekais in general because of the history of them because as of right now it's probably one of the most popular subgenres of anime at the moment but it's not like it's anything anything new like just to like just, just to start, we're going to split it off where there's technically two styles of isekais. There's isekai 10e, which they're being transitioned to a world or they're being moved to another world in some kind of way. And then there's isekai tensei, which is they're literally being reincarnated into another world. So mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of them. And like isekais in general have been around since the early to mid 80s, I believe. And there's a lot of really good ones. Now, not to say that it doesn't have any bad ones, but, like, there's been a huge surge of uh, anime of the isekai genre. And there's a lot to talk about with that. Go go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Just one quick thing, because we we talked about those two types, and there is, like, this weird subtype that I've seen, mostly in manga versus anime. But in isekai, there's these things where, like, the soul is transported into a person that already exists in another dimension or another world. Yes. Like, those are so weird. Like, they just get it, and you always have that one scene where someone's like, you're acting different, and then they never speak on it again. Yep. So, I actually, that's actually a very good uh, thing to pull up. We're going to actually start with that, because um, there are quite a few animate manga that are like that well there's one particular manga light novel that is like that that i followed that is actually finished and i'm gonna see if i can pull it up right now for everybody because it's a very it's a very cool series and i enjoyed it a lot there's it's um it's essentially it's a, it's a manga about a kid um a kid, um was it a uh, royalty Little kid is raised by royalty. And, like, minor royals, whatever, blah, blah, blah. His mom's, like, ridiculously overpowered, and his dad is kind of cool, too. But he gets the souls of two different people inside of him. One of them is, like, an old samurai general, and then the other is a typical old, like, typical old middle school, middle high school, middle schooler from Japan. Like, I kid you not. Oh, man, that sounds fun. So, but the thing is, the reason why I followed this one in particular is because he keeps the general, he keeps his personality, but these two kind of, like, bleed into his personality and make it a whole unique character. So while it is technically an isekai, it's not an isekai, if you get my drift. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. pretty interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, let me... I'm trying to pull it up right now because this is something I wasn't expecting to talk about because I completely... Yeah, no. Because, um, yeah, I, I brought it up because there's this... Uh, there's one that I follow um, 
Oh my god, what was it called? Uh, let me see if I have it down here as well. Oh, Versatile Mage. Yeah, yeah. Which is like a really cool one because he technically he just goes into another dimension as himself, but like he doesn't even notice that he's in an isekai because it's so close to him. Except in this other world, magic exists. Yeah. And, like, he's been studying for school exams and stuff, and then he gets to school, and it's like, hey, what's your magic aptitude? That's what's gonna show, like, what school you go to here. And he ends up finding out that uh, he has, like, a crazy aptitude for this magic, which is a big relief, because he was not great at school. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, it was really bad. Like, his dad mortgage their house and everything and like his job just so like he can get him into a good school oh man it's crazy that actually does sound pretty good but the one that i'm talking about is called isekai tensei soduki and like i said before i'm gonna give you guys a synopsis of this because it's actually hilarious balud cornelius is the son of a noble of the marisa marisa kingdom and inside of him also dwells the soul of the niggardly warring state's commander, Oka Satoshi, and the animal ear otaku high schooler, Oka Masaharu. These three souls are in a single body, and he can exhibit extraordinary abilities when it comes to combat or managing the domain. Now, that is the synopsis. <laughs> it's hilarious. Now, the biggest thing that uh, throws some people off about Isekai, which is one of the things I wanted to talk about, is how the story is structured so a lot of people always complain like you know isekai this is kind of cool but like the main character is just kind of you know ridiculous like it's way too overpowered blah 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 and mm-hmm. i agree sometimes they are there are isekai like that and they're just not that good like they just they don't they don't fra- they don't structure it well like it's completely fine to have a main character who's absolutely absurd but you need to have the story built well in order for it to, you know, be accepted, essentially. And you see a lot of isekai that have these issues where, um, was it isekai cheat magician or, um, Kinjo Majo? Those, Mm. they have some really absurd things that happen in it, and there really isn't, like, a good structure to the story itself, and it really hurts the overall story in general. So, like, you have those kind of issues, and then, like, you have your other isekai like this one where it seems like he's kind of ridiculous but he's not really necessarily getting anything crazy the only thing he really yeah. gets from these souls is their past experience like he doesn't necessarily like he like and their past experience kind of bleeds into what he can do to a certain degree and it makes a lot of sense with the way that it gets handled and it's majorly and it's majorly just him like these these souls are like every once in a while they'll kick in and they'll help him or they'll like it'll be like you know like like the biggest term talking to yourself you know, a lot of people talk to themselves deliberating <laughs> with themselves to kind of try to make a decision on something that's essentially what these souls are they're like as conscious and it's really cool to look at it like that and this that's that's a really good way to handle a story but the broad way that isekai has handled their stories is ridiculous you have some like that then you have the ones that go from like kinjo majo and then you have the ones that go as far as back as some of the first isekai within, like in, within uh, El Hazard or Fushigi Yugi, 
like those are two like really old ones that did the story pretty well like for for El Hazard that one would be Isekai Tinny because the main characters they're all transitioned from their world to another world as opposed to being reincarnated and they aren't necessarily like good but they're not necessarily not broken in a certain way and it's that perfect level of cheats and no cheats that really gets the story going and it's really enjoyable it's really enjoyable to watch yeah it's for anime i feel like the the overpowered character seems to be a more popular thing but it yeah it is it's just handled almost it's like it's less with care than it can be and it, it it's bad because it can be done really well like we there are examples um i would say one for me is a uh, wise man's grandchild yep that's a great example of someone who's just very overpowered but their trials aren't based on fighting people that are so much weaker than them as much as it is them understanding the universe that they're now in and then the people that they fight are like foreign to them so they're like trying to figure out how logistically to do this versus like oh i don't know how to beat you yeah no, that's a very good uh, that's a very good thing to point out about that series because it does do that pretty okay. Uh, I do enjoy yeah. that. There is the other twist to these kind of things too, like uh, what is it, ReZero, where he isn't anything special. The oh only God, thing he no. does is know how to die a lot, and that's about it. That's what he does. He dies a lot and he comes back and he gets to hold his memories. That is what he does best, and yeah. Not like he can't do much of anything else, but <laughs> but um, that's that that's like the current spectrum where isekai are right now. Now, when you go back in history and you look at the older isekais, like I said before, like the Fushigi Yugi's and everything, like they're like your first ones, and they tended to have really strong stories. Like one of the most well-known isekais is technically would be. Inuyasha for one of the first ones that most people have had exposure to if they didn't know what Isekai was or not. And the way that S that Inuyasha was handled was pretty good. Like honestly, like it did get kind of dragged out, but it wasn't like um the biggest thing that you can take from Inuyasha is that they didn't use it as like a whole like thing. They just kind of use it as a plot point to be like all right yeah this that's just how we get to where we are now as opposed to like this is how this one character gets to this world so the whole story can move forward and then we're just going to use it as like a certain uh a circumstantial plot point and we're not going to completely ignore the other world too because there are isekais that once you transfer over you're there for good and you don't go back whereas there are those that are like inuyasha where you flip-flop back and forth between your world and the isekai world which is really cool. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, some of those do get lost. Because people have such a fixation on, like, the... Oh, they're transported to another world, and that's where they are. Yeah. Like... And, and I, I do like stuff like... Inuyasha is one of those that... They didn't focus on that aspect of their content. It was more of the story between those characters and 
the universes, like, which I, I really enjoyed. And I, I think those, those get lost nowadays. I don't think we see enough of those. No, you don't see a lot of them because as of right now, a lot of isekai stories are being pulled from light novels because that's, that's where a lot of anime anime are getting their source from. It's not so much as in a lot of manga. It's actually I've noticed a lot harder to get manga transitioned into anime as of day as of late, as opposed of getting a light novel turned into an anime. And even then, at that point, you still don't know which rendition of the light novel because sometimes light novels start as web nom- web uh, web comics or web novels, etc. etc. So you gotta kind of like really find the medium which of which they're trying to convert and sometimes they convert it in their own kind of way but moving on from that like Inuyasha was a pretty solid isekai then you have the ones before it where Escaflonio I think was probably one of the better ones of that time genre because I think that dropped in like the mid 80s or something or later I don't remember exactly when I just know it did drop long before Inuyasha did and it was a very popular one too, considering it was not only an isekai, but it was also a mecha anime, and you don't see that a lot either. True. It, it, it was... It was a really... Yeah, those were like really almost like pioneers. Like they, they did things that people didn't think that you could do with those genres. And I think nowadays, they would still get picked up, but... I don't think people have like the the sense of like the I don't know. It's almost like the story building around it is so different. Yeah, that is something that, that is something in the note too. Like as opposed to um, building around the character and using the whole world to build a character, it seems like a lot of isekai as of late have been about the character and everything else being about the character. And not necessarily using too much to help the character or like show growth in the character or like show the world itself. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of isekai out there that have really interesting worlds, but you don't really see anything about them. And it's it kind of sucks because like there's it's like shooting yourself in the foot. You don't flesh out the world, you're only gonna be able to write so much, in my opinion. And Speaking of this, one of the isekai that do a pretty solid job about writing about the world itself is, in my opinion, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And that's because Ooh. it's you watch him as he's building his own like city, his own like empire essentially, and you don't get that like from just watching him. Like you're watching him and you're seeing his interactions with the world and the world like as he learns more, you learn more of the world, and then like the world gets bigger and bigger, and you inter- interact with more characters because of it. And there's a lot of things that you can enjoy because of that particular take on world building, and that really helps the characters because you get to watch these characters like become the things that they reincarnated as. Because sometimes they all just kind of stay the same person as they were before, and then, but in things like in uh, slime they're not they keep some aspects of who they were before but they slowly kind of like you slowly get the sense that they forgot about their old world and that's like a big thing with slime because you realize like 
like mostly about uh, three fourths of the uh, anime in the series, you're just kind of like, oh yeah, he was reincarnated. Like you just kind of you just kind of accept the fact that he was a slime and he was always this talking slime that made friends with a dragon and all of this and it's like yeah <laughs> yeah it's th- that's good writing in my opinion so actually i did have a a note on uh reincarnated as a slime because there is a uh there's another uh work a manga called re monster i don't know if you know about this one yep yeah this. and it's almost the same the same storyline except he comes back he uh, gets reincarnated as a orc, I believe, or a goblin, rather. Yeah. And it's it's the same thing, but I was so... I don't know why I was so excited of this over reincarnated as a slime, but it's like him growing this village and then kind of like using his human knowledge, but you slowly see him over time become more of a monster and like he cares about monsters rights over human rights because that's what he is right now yep. uh but it's so it's like such a cool dynamic where he has the same kind of ability where if he eats something he gets its abilities but he's not a slime so he's not just devouring things he like is cooking these things and eating them no that's that's actually a really good point because like there's that is a i believe that was a little bit more gruesome too like it's not like it's not necessarily like friendly of any kind of sorts thing or anything like that. So, he's yeah, to... no, it's very yeah. adult. Yes, it's very adult, and you, you really get the sense of that when you read that manga because the the art style for that one, if I remember correctly, when I was reading a little bit of it, it's very dark and gruesome, and you're like, it's like, it's not lighthearted at all. With oh no, there's a there's like a very good scene. I won't I won't like get too graphic with my wording, but like there's a very a good scene of him um having like conversations with the older generation and he like gets them to treat their because they have like human slaves like they have the whole thing and he diverts them into being like part of the workforce and sets the ones free that like have no value to him versus killing them because he's just he's not he he was a human so he doesn't want to kill humans but he also just wants to grow his community yeah and that's actually a very good thing because like it shows like moral growth in a lot of different types of ways so we're gonna step away from the animus of the anime <laughs> side of uh, isekai and we're actually going to talk about some of the other ones because like isekais aren't necessarily strictly to anime manga it's just like anime manga portray it more visually in a sense but they're not yeah. the only ones because like some of your best and most historic isekais are some of the ones that are like you know uh wonderful the wonderful wizard of oz alice's adventures in wonderland mm. peter pan like these are all things that are like yeah like this is kind of crazy oh yeah man and like I really like that um well, well particularly with those in general, they they have one more they have a stronger story because they're the way that the way that they're handled in a sense in a sense are fundamentally different than the ones that you would normally see in anime and manga like Alice in Wonder Alice in Wonderland like 
it's not about the character herself. It's more about her trying... Like, it isn't, isn't, because it's more like her trying to get back to where she was from. But in order to do that, she must essentially help the whole Wonderland and, like, go through the twists and turns and, like, make sure she doesn't lose herself in general as well. And Alice Adventures in Wonderland in general has so many different takes onto the actual story of itself that it's a bit ridiculous but like also very cool because you have the original cartoons to multiple novels and there's even like a very gritty the very gritty video game that we've seen and the very gritty um, book series that i've also seen that one of my friends put me on to and like each and every one has the same general story but like the character dynamics are roughly the same and they're very very well done hmm. and you can so... take a lot of those things from all of these other different types of isekai from the western style and then like find a lot of good things as well as bad things in them yeah um it's so weird that so i didn't even think about this like coming into it but yeah like there are a lot of live actions and things that take the same tropes or like most of them they have episodes like if it's not a show that's based in it they have, like, a certain episode where someone gets, like, transported to another world or something of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was this, there's this really old show, and I believe I found it called, yes, yeah, called Sliders. It's like this really, I, I think it's from the 70s or 80s or something. It's like, awkward and it it was almost like quantum leap it's like these people this guy finds out how to go to different dimensions and when they go the first time the uh the machine like malfunctions so they're sent to like random places and every episode the worlds are so well constructed and they're like they're more parallel universe than like worlds um, but like just the way that each world works is so different and even though you only get maybe like an episode or two in each of them they really do like mull out the different rules and like what's so different about the world that's actually really cool that's that's actually something I've never heard of too because I, I was a huge fan of um, Quantum Leap back in the day I really liked that show it's one of the few shows that i really really oh, wow. enjoyed it's newer than i thought it was yeah 1995 yeah oh wow really that's that is kind of yeah insane, actually it ran from 95 to 2000 all right we're, we'll maybe we'll look into that in the future but coming back to the main point here there are a lot of different takes on isekai and personally like we have like the two genres that I said before, but like when you get in when you get into the nitty gritty of the isekai too, you have to consider a couple things. Like you have your very serious ones, you have your comedic ones, and then you have your ones that are kind of like not serious at all. Like you have, for instance, like we're gonna go from each extreme to a different. Like you want to get really serious? I'm talking drifters. Drifters is Ooh. one of those isekai where, like, 
that it's not just a typical isekai in the first place. It's more of like... It's like a Smash Bros. kind of thing. You're just grabbing different famous people from different timelines and throwing them in this one particular world and then you're pitting them against each other. And the way that it's constructed, Drifter specifically, is very ingenious and it's a lot of fun because they're not holding back on a lot of things. And then the characters that are all involved are all written very well. Because in an isekai style like this one, where it is very serious, and you're pulling in a lot of different things from different mediums, your characters have to be strong. Your characters have to be very well fleshed out, and you have to be able to portray the characters and how they will react being thrown into like this bland world where they have to deal with a certain situation that they can't get away from. And Drifters does that very well. Now, oh yeah, there's. I mean, just to to elaborate on that a little bit, um, the fact that there are like otherworldly beings in that world, and each person is reacting to them differently, like the way that they like f- try to figure out what's going on is really well done in that in that anime. Yes, um, I do agree with that because like when when the fer- when the characters first show up and then they're like. You see the dude at the desk, and you're like, "What?" And then they're just called. They all get thrown into this world. It's like, "Who was that?" I I literally just died. Like, why am I here now? Like, what's going on? And the dude just kind of just throws him in another world. It's like, <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, okay, okay." It was very very cool, and it like it leaves a certain level of mystery to the story as well, because then you get more questions, but then things are slowly answered, and then things are slowly overshadowed as well, because like. A lot of the characters, like, they're trying to figure out some information, but then they're thrust into the situation where they have to, like, focus on the situation. And then in the background, you know, we see another person that shows up at the desk or another person that's bringing other people to this world. And, you like, you slowly get to get more information. And it's, like, it sets you up very well to be surprised. And I really like that about that anime and that series in general. Yeah. Uh, another serious one, um, the Tanya tanya the evil yes i've heard a lot about that go ahead please oh that is uh it's a story of someone that is they're transported into what's it's like another uh, a body of another person and they end up being female going from male to female and a child and it's a uh, a military universe like it's probably like almost like world war ii except with magic uh and this person has a very high aptitude for it. But in order to use it, they have to revere this being that sent them there as a god. Like, they have to pray to use their ability. And they do not skip on any of the, like, old world military, like, situations. Um, there's no, like, cutoff from these people losing families or, like, ordinances being dropped on these towns and the backlash of it. Yeah. But the main character is like completely devoid of this stuff. Like they do not care because they are so upset that they A are a small girl and B have to pray to use these crazy powers that they have. Cause they don't believe in this person. Like they don't like them at all. That's actually And it's this Oh, it's such a cool dynamic and the characters that are around them are actually developed very well. 
I like I actually I've looked at that series a lot and I've never gotten a chance to actually watch it, but I was very curious because I did not know it was an Isekai until a little after it finished its airing. So then I was like, huh, that's cool. I wonder what that was about. And I read a little bit of it and then I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. But to understand what the actual story is is kind of hilarious. It's like you 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 laugh at that, but then like it gets really serious. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they ha- they have a series, and then there was a, a movie after it. I believe. Okay, okay, okay. So, a isekai that's like not necessarily completely serious has its serious moments, but there's like overall a kind of mellow to- uh, tone. Is no game, no life. Ooh. Now this one like is a very popular one in my opinion. It did very near well. and dear to my heart. Really near and dear to my heart as well. Um, And the reason why I say it has some serious tones is because of what the characters are trying to do. Like, they're trying to... They're they're seriously trying to play a game with the literal god of this world. And they are doing it. But, like, at the same time, they're, like... The way that the characters are, like, their personalities are so strong that... You, you get nothing but laughs out of them in certain situations where they're just like trying to have fun and they're like nobody can beat us in this kind of game you know and it's fine it's like you you get a lot of fun in watching them like overcome like these weird situations they're thrust in how they're going to become king and queen how they're going to like un- unify all these different clans in this world and all this other smaller information and then the thing that makes it uh, makes it a lot of fun and very hilarious very light on the lighter side is the interaction with a lot of a lot of the side characters and then interaction with some of the main characters too because some of these main characters are made of jokes they're made into jokes and it's very (laughs) funny to see how they treat them how they react to them how they laugh at them and more so this is one of those ones where it's like it's not quite funny but it does have its it is on the little on the serious side so it's like nice in the middle it's like some nice middle ground Oh yeah, no, like the best scene of uh, rock paper scissors. <laughs> Yo, rock paper scissors. That, like... that was a whole mind game, and you were just kind of like, oh. Uh... But like these, those are that's something that could actually happen in real life, which was make which made that a very, very interesting. Because when you think about it, that is technically something that somebody could do to somebody, and like just mind, just just mess with them to the point where like, I don't know what he's gonna do, and then they lose because like even though they had the advantage, they lose because they got tricked. And it's very nice. Wally... Yeah, and the movie, the movie attachment was such a such a break from that series, and it was like infinitely more serious. Yes, that is something to point out too, because like there's there are quite a few things that happen in the series where they have to get serious, and it stays serious for a while. But again, going back to the main characters, because of the way that these main characters are they can be serious in these kind of situations and they will stay serious until it's over. But the moment it's over, they're the type of characters that'll be like, all right, time to sit back, relax, pop a beer open and relax and, and have some fun. <laughs> and it's very relaxing. I will say that. And going on to some of the more, f- the, the far inside is, the, are the isekai that are just like, they're just straight fun. They're not, they're not meant to be taken serious at all. And there's two of them that I wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah two of them technically okay. the first one is probably one of the most popular when it comes to this side is konosuba mm. and konosuba does it very well where the main characters it's like looking at different 
like sins like you know like the seven deadly sins that series it's like looking yeah. at that but in an isekai form and then just being a whole entire joke and like you look at like the little small details and everything because like i've watched it and i've talked to a couple of my friends who watched it and then they'll still tell me they'll be like if you look at the small details from this you know you'll see that each character has a certain color or like a certain theme about their characters in, in itself and it all fits together when you look at it from that point like the main character Cosmo I don't know why I just messed it up but whatever <laughs> his color is green and he's all about greed and then you have Explosion because that's her only oh, name oh goodness <laughs> Megumi and she's all about that one particular thing where oh, explosion, you know, she she's all about that one thing, and then Just. you have your masochist, and then you have your high head hot. Oh, there's a lot of strong character dynamics, and there's so. And the thing that makes it work so well is that the characters are written well, and they're on such a far opposite spectrums of themselves that when you interact with these kind of characters, it's hilarious to see and watch them like act together. Because realistically, you wouldn't normally see these group of kind of characters together at all. But here we are, and they are killing it. And it's a very well done series. Yeah, that's one I still have uh, yet to finish. But, I mean, it's just... It's so funny. And just, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't want itself to be taken serious. But it doesn't, like, neglect plot or content for it. Yes, that's a really important thing, too, because a lot of them will do that at certain times, and it really hurts, and you can really tell when they do that. And it kind of just, it, it kind of, like, makes the story suffer very badly. <coughs> Sorry, I am. Um... Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's, man. That's a story for another time. <laughs> but, um, oh. but, um, the story, like, Konosuba does a comedy thing very well. And on the same spectrum, but on a different style, is um, Shield Wally. Mm. Uh, this one, Shield Wally, otherwise known as I didn't want to get hurt, so I put all my stats into defense. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes, I didn't know that was the other name for it. Oh my goodness. Well, like, it, it's, it's called Shield Wally, and like one of my friends called it that because it's essentially like a very, very, very non-serious shield hero. And yeah. Bofordy does a very good job at knowing that it's not serious, taking advantage of that, and then telling a very good story with a lot of good character interactions. And you're just kind of like, alright, this is kind of hilarious. I like this. So... It, a reason why I bring that one up is because of the way that it is um, done. It's taken like it's kind of like in the same version of quote quote isekai as Sword Art Online is, but it's like not serious and it's funny and the characters are very good and it's really nice to see it and you really enjoy these kind of things so. That's the reason why I chose that one. Like, there's a lot of other isekai that are like on the more comedic side, but uh, yeah, I had one in my list that kind of fits that, which was uh, reincarnated as a sword. 
Oh, that one with the uh, with the cat girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that one is. Oh, I I like that one. I like that one a lot. And uh, anybody who knows me, I've had a very good streak of calling out anime. Don't be surprised if that gets an anime announcement later this year or earlier next year because of everything going on right now with the with that hot mixtape that dropped on the whole world. But um. <laughs> That anime, that manga and light novel in particular, is really cool because it's not it it is serious to a degree, but it's yeah. very lighthearted because it's all about basically this sword who's just like fawning over the fact that he has this cute moe little cat girl and he just wants to protect her with his life. Yeah, and you you watch that as like he's it slowly becomes more of her like growing as a character and him just kind of being there and being that like guiding sword and like helping her <laughs> out as she grows and like becomes more and more that she's the one that's in control as opposed to him but she also respects him and he respects her and it's like a little back and forth and it's a really good series like anybody who has the time to read it i highly recommend it it's a it's a very interesting thing too because we are getting this point of view from a character that can't do too much. Like, it's not someone that can drive a plot by going to do things by himself. The plot is being driven by the secondary characters. Yep. Um, and to do that correctly, whether it be, like, a comedy or serious, like, even in those moments, it's so cool to see someone being able to do that it shows like the talent in that writing in that writing room yes i have to agree with you on that because there's a lot of moments in that series where it's just you you can tell when they want you to laugh and you tell when they want you to sit back and enjoy the fights or enjoy the characters and enjoy the scenery and they set it up in a way that like you're seeing the world not like through her eyes but more through the sword's perspective. So, like, you're seeing it through her eyes, through the sword's perspective, and, like, it makes the whole world feel very fresh. And that's saying something, because, like, the world's necessarily not that, you know, special. It's a pretty standard adventuring yeah. world. But because of the way that it's being shown and the dynamics you're getting, it's so cool to go through. And I really like that. Now... Speaking of the good ones, we do have the bad ones, and there's like there's a lot of other good isekai that I haven't touched, like Overlord, Log Horizon. Um, we did touch a little bit of slime. There's Read Creators, and then like many, many other ones that are really good. You have to talk about the ones that are just kind of like not that good, not that like impactful or anything like that, like. You said it earlier, Sword Art Online is one of those series where it's like, it is an isekai, and like, it tried to be serious. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, like, when it first started, I was about it. Like, I was about it for a little bit, for like the first season and everything like that, and the, the thing that kills me is that like, as you watch from season one up to current, there was a... There is a considerable drop in quality, and you could watch it happen. Like, season one, I think about halfway through season one, you could see the quality slowly kind of start to drop. 
Then season two hit, and then, like, that's when the quality really started to drop, right around then. And then, like, you get the, um, you get the side story with, uh, Gungale Online, which was really good, from what I was told, because oh, yeah. I refused I, I loved, I loved Gungale. That, I, I, well, I was cynical about it, because I loved it, because of how bad, uh, the main character was in it. Yeah. Like, anytime Kirito was having a bad time, we were having a good time. <laughs> But, um, Gungale Online, like, that one was very well received. And then, like, you have the current thing that's going on, and it's just, like, it takes the serious thing to a whole nother level, and it hurts. Because the things that they do in the series aren't necessarily good, and it sucks because some of the things that they've created for the series in the, in the world retrospect and, like, some of the interactions and some of the side characters even are really cool, really nice. Mm-hmm. But it suffers from the overall execution and some of the story plots and some just like how some of the characters are. And one of the biggest things that I have about this series is the same recurring enemy type with um, the highly perverted, like those highly perverted enemies, like those ones mm. that you're supposed to hate, but you don't want to yeah. see them that enemy type has occurred in, I think, almost every season of Shield Hero. Every single one. Or, sorry, not Shield Hero, but uh, Sword Art Online. <laughs> so, but, like, oh, the problem is, is that it's not even that they're the same type of enemy. For most of it, it's just the same enemy. It's like the like, same person, but a different skin. And it's bad. Like, yeah. Like, you, there's no variation. And it's like, that hurts the story. Because you're just kind of looking at it. Like, when it happened in Season 2 with uh, Asuna, and you're just kind of like, alright, yeah, we hate this guy. And then, like, it happens again, and then again, and you're like... Oh, yeah, Gungale, the problem with that was the fact that your endgame was just, like, left over from season one. (laughs) It wasn't anyone that was, like, particularly sinister. It's just, hey, you guys didn't actually finish dealing with this. They were horrible people still out here. Yeah, this is one of them. It's so bad. Like that's that's one of the that's one of the biggest gripes I have with Sword Art Online, and like I just I can't bring myself to watch it anymore because of that. And it it actually has. Oh, I'm sorry. It sucks because like looking at it, the animation is still top notch. Animation still mm-hmm. pretty good, and they have succeeded in getting one of the most talented. And um, anime opening and ending songwriters and Lisa for almost every single season. <laughs> every single Bro, season. Bro, them songs slap. <laughs> like, those songs slap. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's, the problem is the universe is not bad. The, they, they are good at making certain things. Like, they have amazing video games. They have great other things, but just their overall plot is so bad. It really is not that good. And it's and, it, and, it, and you can tell, and it hurts. It hurts that series a lot. But, you know, there's... Ugh. Now, go ahead, because I know you wanted to say something earlier. I was about to say, yeah, so, well, I mean, it's, it's to get away from sword art into something that is, like, bad as a whole, like, I don't find any redeeming qualities in it, um, would be 
do you love your mom and her two hit multi target attacks? I <laughs> okay. So I look at this one and I actually put this in the category where it doesn't take itself serious. And that's like that is the, for sure. That is like the, in my opinion, probably one of the most saving graces of that series. And you're like, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, despite that, is it worth watching? <laughs> Thank you. That's it's so upsetting. You're like, oh, okay, I see what you did here. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> there, there are so many other things to watch. Why would I? Why would I choose this one? Yeah, pretty much. And like, you, you just kind of get that, and you get it's just uh, there's something about that show. Like, if you're gonna watch it, you're gonna watch it. But like, you have to be committed to watching it because otherwise, <laughs> you're just gonna kind of be like, eh, I'm, I'm all set. Like just watch How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. Like it's the same level of like why did this why did this get created? But like at least they did something in the writing to go, hey, if you look very deep into this, there is continuity and actual writing. It's mucked up with a bunch of bad stuff, but it's there. <laughs> that is very fair. That that might be why that got announced for a second season. I think it did. But um... oh, it did. I think it did. I don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure I saw news about that. But, like, I also don't really care about that show at all because I thought it wasn't that good. I mean, it wasn't. So, like, (laughs) that's that's my whole stance on it. But then you have, like, going back and touching up on the uh, cat girl isekai. Yes. The isekais where the guys, where the characters are reincarnated and they're, like, looking after little kids... There's one in particular that was really popular um, mid to late last season. Or last year, I'm sorry. And I'm trying to remember exactly what the name of it was, but it was essentially like... I think it was like, uh, this, this I'm a demon lord, but I'll do anything to protect my little daughter or something like that. And it oh, was... Yes. Great. Like... It was essentially just like, yes, if it's for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord. And those those kind of stories, you're just kind of like, yo, when they happen in Isekai, it's great because you have the, the older personality from another world coming to this newer world, not knowing what's going on, but his whole soul driving force is to protect this little kid. And mm. that's, that's, what, that's all it's oh. about. Oh, so just a quick. So, uh, how does someone demon lord is is uh, slated to return in twenty twenty one? Okay, yeah. So I was right. I was paying attention to that properly. But um, the the series that I'm talking about in general with this particular scene is a manga that I've been keeping my eye on. The name escapes me at the moment, but um, essentially what it is is it's another Isekai Tensei where the, he gets reincarnated into another world. But mm-hmm. what happens is he's reincarnated to another world. And he doesn't go over there broken, right? So he comes over there normal. But what happens is he's trained by somebody who's called, like, the Sword Sage for 500 years. <laughs> and, like, yeah. he's, he only knows the basics of the sword style that he was taught. But he's probably, arguably, one of the strongest people in this world at this point. And what he lost from training for 500 years 
is a lot of like certain emotions like he doesn't really he's kind of apathetic when it comes to romance and things like that but he but he does have like some like he is essentially a father because what ends up happening is like after he's done training for 500 years this little baby shows up and like they save the baby and then he's like you know what his mass is like you know what go travel the world explore the world and take and take care of this baby and so he does and like that's the story and that's like how that story progresses and it was a very cool plot point and plot device because like he went to this other world just to do that just to train and then like he, he gets re- revived there and then he finds a little baby and like this baby ends up being like the focal point of the story as the story progresses and like you meet all these different characters and like it, it's a very well story well no uh very well written thing in my opinion when I do find out what the name of it is, because I forgot the name completely, I will share it with everybody. But for now, just know that there yeah, it is. Yeah, really good. It is. It, it's not bad. It's actually really good, and like it has a couple other. It's it does another thing too, where it's like there's multiple people who are reincarnated in the series. I think there's at least one other person that was like it. So that's really cool. Now. There is one more series that I wanted to talk about. And this one is talking about how, like, a lot of isekai as of late have had the multiple people in it. Like, Mm -hmm. they're multiple, like... what's, What's the best way to put it? The multiple stories, like, multiple people who are reincarnated are in this story now. Now, this one is the same thing, right? And what it's about essentially is the main, like, these characters, these people get reincarnated into this whole world, and they aren't the only ones. This is called Chiho Kishi Hans no Juan. The synopsis is, sick of the trickery in the royal court, former knight, former knight captain Hans now serves as a remote sta- now serves at a remote station in the countryside. But his peaceful and chill days end when some Japanese people with superhuman abilities suddenly show up. Now, why they're transferred there, what they're doing there, and how it happens to them, you don't know. Because the story is done from the perspective of of the captain who was living in that world naturally and like all these Japanese people just show up in his world and he essentially has to watch over them and make sure they don't do anything stupid and the big the big selling point about this particular series is that it's not just one two or three people who are reincarnated and brought to this world it's a lot like at the end of the manga itself not the whole series because I believe it's still going on, but the manga that I read itself it is finished. I think I counted at least twelve to fourteen people who were reincarnated. Oh wow! Each of them with different abilities and everything, but like you can tell there was a difference between like good and bad, and how it's handled. Because these ca- these people are foreign people and they're handled very differently. Like how would you ex- like on one end it's like you would expect this response from like royalty or people in charge or they want to use them but then the main character is just kind of like he's like we're not gonna like use you guys just listen to me don't cause any problems and help out this little small town and we're good and then that's it 
but of course, you know, they have to do certain things for certain people in charge every once in a while. And it's a really, it's a really well-written, like, I wouldn't say it's, like, amazingly written, but it's a well-written and thought-out thing. And it's in between joke and somewhat serious in the way that it approaches. So it's very nice. It's very refreshing. Hmm. So isekai like that, you should keep your eye out for, because those, those are really good. Yeah. Uh, I thought there is uh, one like last one that I had on my short list that I do want to talk about just before we finish today, which is uh, similar to some of them that we've talked about today, but uh, it's called Log Horizon. Ah, yes. Which I just, it was one of the isekai that when it came out, I was skeptical because of Sword Art. Yep. But the second I started it, like, maybe like two or three episodes in, I already knew I was in for what I wanted from that series. Like, just all of the gaming knowledge and the shift in universe and perspective was there. And just the, the whole aspect of this world became real versus you're trapped in a game. It's, you're in a game now, but this game is real. Like, y- your character is you, and all these NPCs are now sentient. Like, they might not give you that quest they used to give you, because they don't like you. Yeah. No, uh, Horizon was um, very popular when it dropped. Like, a lot... It, it. I think, honestly, the people who decided to release it when they did decided to use what popularity or impopularity that Sword Art Online had to get its fans, and it did it very well. Yeah. Like, uh, I, just... Uh, the, the comprehensive uh, writing for, I believe, like, once we got into Season 2, where we just had this... Um, this commentary or this, this discourse between the players and the NPCs was so well done, like, having to go and talk to these people who are kings and used to give out quests, and, like, they're really not, they're not sure what's going on as much as the players aren't. Um, and they're, like, trying to avoid wars between them and then between the players itself. Oh, it was just so well written. I, I, I liked it so much, man. No, Lock Horizon was a very well done series. I, I agree completely with that. Like, that was one of those isekai where it's, like, it nailed every single thing it needed to nail almost completely perfectly. And, like, you, there was not... It didn't leave anything for to be desired. And that was a very big thing. Like, a lot of things can leave stuff to be desired, no matter what it is, how good it is, or how bad it is. Like, that one didn't leave much to be desired. You got what you wanted, it gave you what you wanted, and it did it well. And, like, the only things you would desire is more if, they, if it didn't end. And it's like, I think it's getting a third season, but... It's, yeah, we're not on... Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was it was done it was done very, very well. Like there's there's a lot more that we could talk about with that, but what I do want to talk about for a little bit is overall with Isekai's they're oh mostly used like like in general, they're mostly used as like a plot point or like a story crutch. And what really becomes important about using it when this happens is how you execute it 
and how you use it in the sense of like how you progress with your writing because like it can be a story crush that's fine but if you don't use it properly it becomes a big it becomes something that like hurts you as opposed to helping you and like the Mm. biggest things about that is like your stories like how not to summon a demon lord as opposed to log horizon or anything like that yeah another thing is while we have our series we also have to remember certain times you don't want to drag it on for too long and that is uh, also another thing that happens with a lot of things in general especially with isekai because like the stories aren't necessarily supposed to be that long some of them are some of them aren't and like to understand where you need to stop it and where you need to cut it is very important. Like overall, isekais are a very flexible, yet very straightforward and not as like creative in a sense. Like, like it's it's hard to say it's not creative because you have to create an entirely new world. But in the same sense, like that comes with making a story. So like, true. Be, it being creative is how you execute it and how you utilize what you create as opposed to not and like letting it fall flat on its face. Yeah, I mean, I think with Isekai, you have that uh, primary decision where you're like, is is this character longing for his original world? Like, is this is the goal to get back to where we started? Or is the goal to somehow like develop a foothold in this new world and then once you figure that out like what are going to be the trials and tribulations to get there and i think the good ones already have that fleshed out to a certain point yep um and then the bad ones are the ones where they don't know where they want to go and then they get stuck in the loop of well this character is from this other world and is broken or this character is just here doing the thing and there's no like there's so much like uh involvement and kind of like focus on the fact that they're from that other world or the fact that they're strong because of reasons that they get away from that main point and that really hurts the storytelling so that's more or less like what my, on my mind with Isekai. But there is one small fact that uh, that I wanted to point out. When it comes to Isekais, funnily enough, on the movie spectrum, one of the first Isekai movie spectrums you have, and one of the first Isekai movies we've ever watched, for me, was Spirited Away. And it is considered the best Isekai movie that was made since 2017 and the one thing that i was looking at now that's saying a lot but like it's also studio ghibli (laughs) oh i mean they're just they know what they're doing yeah they know what they're doing and like that like spirited away is a very excellent way to show a concise story being brought to a different world understanding what's going on showing everything you need to and then finishing it in a very nice way but that's also because it's a movie. It's not as yeah. hard to end a movie as it is to end a long-running series. I will say that. Yeah, oh, you have a different set of, of complications. Um, 
with those same foundational questions. Um, I will say a surprise that I think does it just as well, but then falls into these same problems that we just talked about and might surprise you is uh, The Matrix. Oh my gosh. That's actually very interesting you say that. <laughs> I was not even thinking about that. <laughs> um, it's, it's foundationally, it is the same thing. We have a, a character that doesn't go into this world with much of anything, but they are, they, they almost, it, it seems like they are given, like he is given a chance to go and do what he wants to. But once you, once you flesh out the story, you realize that there wasn't much of a choice. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny because it isn't, obviously it's not promoted as an isekai, but it is foundationally the same things you see in all of these series. And I think the first movie was really good. I mean, it was different for its time in cinema, but even away from that, I think it's, it's a solid storyline and it ends in such a, oh, a, a nice, like a, a, a a solid way that we can say like oh there can be more to this yeah um what they did with that was this <laughs> what they did with that we, we you know but we don't need to talk about it but it's okay it's okay it's not like it was terrible to a degree <laughs> until it was <laughs> but um that that's pretty much all that's pretty much all we needed to talk about like isekai in general like i wish i i wish i could explain more in depth but, like, to that point, I would rather bring in somebody who's written an isekai because, like, then you can get their view on it. But I digress. Yeah. Uh, this is Joe's Compendium. Thanks for coming on with me. Chris. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Of course. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Until then, toodaloo.